Welcome to the Hypnotic Comic Live Show. Finding that entertainment without meaning isn't cutting it anymore? Do you want to feel deeply connected, yet lifted up into the heights of laughter? You found that place where comedy meets the full expansion of life's possibilities. Now, for your hypnotically comical host, Jenna Grayson! Aww, thank you. Hi, this is Jenna Grayson. You're listening to Hypnotic Comic Live. I am your host, Jenna Grayson, both hypnotic and, did we say comical? Yes, um, so I'm performing regularly at the Comedy Store um, in Hollywood and Sunset Boulevard, and uh, I don't have my next date quite yet. I gotta, I gotta figure that out with my uh, show producer. Um, but we'll keep you guys posted. Um, also, doing hypnosis, uh, hypnotherapy sessions, both live. I'm sorry, in person and over the phone or Skype. Um, listeners, today, if you want to call in, we have a really super interesting. Um, guest today and I am I'm thinking that people might want to call in and participate in the conversation. The phone number to call in today is 888-627-6008 against 888-627-6008. If you'd like to call in and participate in the conversation we're having today, my go my my I almost said my guest because I was going to combine go guest and host. My ghost. I was going to say ghost my ghost today, my ghost today is the beautiful and really exceptional uh, Shyla Ray. She is a, a soulful singer, a really beautiful and extraordinary singer. And um, she's also ushering in, or we could say midwifing in <clears throat> a movement that we'll be talking about today. She is uh, a doula, natural birthing doula, a mother, and a musician. Um, and Shyla, I know um, you have also opened for really big names such as Moby, Modest Yahoo, Rising Appalachia, and you have a, a viral video um, on YouTube, your, your song Existence. So thank you so much for being with us on the show, Shyla. I'm super grateful and honored to have you here today. Hey, I'm super happy and grateful <laughs> as well. Can you hear me good? Yay. What's that? Can you hear me good? Yeah, I hear you. I okay. hear you really well. Thank you so okay, much. Great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, great. So, um, you know, I remember really well the first time I ever met you. I actually met your voice before I met you. Um, and it was in Topanga Canyon. We were both living there, and I heard you singing in the um in the parking lot. And, um, I was so drawn to your voice. I just was sitting in my car with the windows open and I heard this voice and it was really literally stunning for me. You know, it was like literally, literally, I mean, when I say literally, I mean, literally, (laughs) not like the, the millennials going, 
this is literally the sunniest day ever. I'm like, no, literally, I was, I felt a sense of being stunned. You know, it was like, hmm. wow, I was stilled. You know, hearing your voice, I was really stilled. Um, was I, was I performing that. or was I just singing casually? No. I'm just curious. Yeah, I, love, were, I love hearing people's stories like this. I know. <laughs> Are you awesome? Like, where did we like, meet? Oh, that was your experience with me. Okay. Yeah, it, it was like that. It was like soul-stirring, you know? I mean, I think that's really, you know, ever since then, it's been the case every time I hear you sing. It's like there's that feeling of being sort of stunned, which I think kind of, as I say stunned, sounds negative, but it's really not negative at all. It's really just like stilled and like drawn and pulled and um, like stirred, you know, like a soul-stirring yeah. kind of feeling. Um, yeah. You were not performing. You were just singing in the parking lot, I think, with a friend or a couple of friends. And I was like, I need to, want to, hope to, maybe I could someday know this woman. That's my story. <laughs> That's really sweet. And yeah. we did. You probably came and up did. and said, hey, that day or there was another There was another moment. Yeah. I feel like I'm Yeah, I think, I think I came up to you like a puppy dog and was like, hi, I'm, 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 I'm Jenna, um... Um, I really love your voice. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so well, I love here I am. Here's my voice today. You got me. Oh, we got you. <laughs> years and years, years later. Love it. Yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. So, um, I would love to hear. You know, I think I've always been really interested. You know, in that moment included in to know how how does one how do you how did you develop a voice discover a voice was it something that's been developed over time was it something that you discovered how how do you how do you have a voice that sounds like you're singing from like an ancient deeply soulful emotionally moving place Okay, I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know, but I yeah. can tell you um, what I did to um, develop skill and technique in my voice. Okay. That I know. And I do know that my voice um, was a gift given to me. I mean, yes, by God, spirit, creator, whatever source you believe in. But not only that, there, there's there's a lineage in my family of women who sing. Not a lot of people know this because I didn't, I don't have the classic, oh, I grew up in a musical household. That, that wasn't it at all. I did not grow up in a musical household. My parents okay. did classic rock and had very little knowledge of music, actually. But my mother had a, had a really powerful voice. And she would sing in the home, but she wouldn't sing outside of the home. So I'd hear her running the vacuum and she'd just be belting. I'd be like, wow, woman's got pipes. Like... Why doesn't she share it? So at some point, I think I decided that I was going to not master my vocal technique, but I was going to make music and singing the most important thing because of how it made me feel. And it made me feel so good as a young child. And then as a teenager, especially, those were the years that music and singing became a form of therapy that I don't think I could get any other way. Um, yeah. There was a lot of dysfunction in my home. A lot of us can relate to that. And, you know, where did we go? We went to art. We went to healing. We went to music. We went to, 
you know, whatever we're passionate about and however we discovered that along the way. I think I just discovered it by singing. I just felt like I naturally had rhythm and I was, I was great at dancing. I was a gymnast. I was very in my body and very just happy and energetic and singing made me feel so good. And, mm. and then I started, you know, gathering my family members around in the living room, putting on songs and being like, hey, watch me. Okay, listen to me mm. sing. I'm going to, like, sing along to the song, whether it was, like, the Ice or Mini Aww. Vanilli or, like, Chris Cross or, uh-huh. you know, Christina Aguilera, Chris whatever Cross. it was. It was, like, that, that became, I created my own platform, essentially, right. you know, to, to give right. myself that space and, like, that recognition of, like, I have this voice. I want to share it. Can you listen? And that's kind of, that was kind of the beginning. I think, cool. and then and then I would share my voice here and there in school, um, but didn't really reveal it all, and probably until high school, you know, I felt uh-huh. like I was holding myself back, as we do, when we're kind of afraid of our greatness, as they say. Yeah. It was, it was, that, that was the case for me, honestly. I maybe couldn't recognize it at the time. I didn't know what it was, but it was like, why am I holding myself back? Like, I have such a great voice. So, yeah. Yeah. At some point, I changed my mind on it. I got enough positive feedback where I was like, I'm going to embody this, like, fully. Like, I'm going to yes. commit to this, you know? So yes. that happened. I can't remember exactly when, but I just know it, it unfolded naturally. But, you know, I spent years and years and years just listening to music and pushing the rewind button and going back and doing these parts over and over and over again vocally as any as any guitarist would, as anybody mastering a craft or an art or a practice would, it's repetition. And so I've kind of broken uh-huh. it down, you know, into this method of like, hey, you hear like a vocal hook that's just like so incredible and you want to get that, it's like just do it over and over and over again until you get it. And that's kind of how I taught myself. So that's cool. where the technique yeah. developed. And then as far as creating a music career, that just came along the way. Yeah. You know, that, that just happened with a lot of positive encouragement and support from people around me because I didn't know if it would be possible. I never even really had that intention. It was more like it happened upon, you know, traveling down to South America and landing in Los Angeles and then never leaving. You know, that's uh-huh. kind of how it began. I know some people don't know this, but they're like, oh, did you move to L.A. to be a singer? I'm like, no, absolutely not. Not consciously. I want to say, too, Uh, yeah, not consciously. No, I'm not, but I was absolutely guided. How can I, how can I argue that? That's right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't argue that. Yeah. You know, I, I, it took me years also to just accept it. You can't argue that you're here, you're, you're in Los Angeles area for a reason, you know, even if you didn't know what it was. Well, and, and just so, so people know, or so you know, I'm from this really small town in Canada, in, in central Ontario, north of Toronto, where I was raised, uh-huh. like, next to a native reservation. My mother's native. My grandmother is native Algonquin, and wow, was not that. really exposed to as much as I am now. Of course, as much as my children are exposed to, for example, but, you know, when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to be a... I want to be a famous singer, and my parents were kind of like, "That's nice, but you know, that's not really going to happen. Like, you can't, you can't yeah. do that here. It just doesn't happen here, you know." Right. And then, yeah. and then I find myself in LA, like, you know, where it all happens, like, just a few years later. So, so maybe, maybe the child in you, when you, they were like, "Yeah, good luck with that," you were like, 
maybe you made like some kind of resolve within yourself where you're like, I'm going to find where I'm supposed to be, where I need to be in order to make this happen. If this isn't the place, you know, maybe your, your soul or your child mind was like, one day you watch, you watch people. Oh, I never, I never lost it. It was like, I never, this was like, oh, it's just a dream. Like that never left. That doesn't leave us ever. We always remember you know, yeah. those things that we wanted so badly when we were a child, we still remember because we spent so much time thinking about it. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time thinking about singing for people <laughs> and performing yeah. and dancing and just, you know, being in nature and loving my life. Like, I always had those visions, and now this is my life. So it's amazing. No... It's so amazing. No, I'm not I, really I... shocked, you know? <laughs> yeah, good. Well, I really admire that because I've never been that... I don't know. Like, I don't know what my childhood dreams were. I didn't have, I've always loved that idea of like being a child, you know, having that childhood vision of being a singer, a veterinarian or something like that. Same, same. I wanted to be a vet too. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) You you know, a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, what I, I was very ambitious when I was a kid. Um, I was born and, and lived for a little while in New Jersey, you know, which borders New York and there's a lot of, yellow taxis and I loved the idea of driving a taxi so I was very ambitious and I've been teased for quite a while in my life that I was like my ambition as a child I wanted to be a taxi cab driver yeah thank you thank you very much so this is hopefully some form of taxiing people around maybe this this show (laughs) that's really cute I've never heard that one before but (laughs) yeah singing 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 and dancing is a popular one you know we all I think we all yeah. grew up with hopes and dreams of somehow being recognized or being famous or being a celebrity or being known for our talents and recognized for our gifts, you know? Um, yeah. I didn't really have huge ambitions, but, you know, and it changed over the years because my consciousness around money changed and around fame and what it is to be celebrity status, my, my you know, my observations and my experience with the music industry obviously changed. They just grew, like, as my knowledge grew and my understanding of how it all works grew, it allowed me to keep making those choices of, is this something I really want? Do I want to keep pushing forward? How badly do I want this? You know, and does it really matter? Like, can I live a happy life not accomplishing some of these things? Is that okay? That it doesn't turn out the way I thought, you know, all of it. What's the answer for you if you don't do it? Can you live a happy life? (laughs) I don't know. I'm not there yet. I'm still pushing for it. I don't give up. Like, yeah. you know, what does it mean to give up on your dream? Was it was it really what you wanted if you gave it up? I don't know what that feels like to give something up because that's just not me. Some so people might know. I know. Maybe the question I know what is failure feels like. Yeah, don't we you know? know? I know what making mistakes know. feels like. I know what sabotaging a great opportunity feels like. It doesn't mean I'm giving up on something. It doesn't mean I'm letting... Mm something go other than, oh, that wasn't meant to be, and now something else that's in my highest good is going to fall into place, and I won't even have to do anything. Yeah. It's just going to happen. I hope. I, I'm not claiming that I live like this every moment. I'm just saying that's, that's the ideal. Great. <laughs> you know, where I see I missed an opportunity or something didn't work out. There's always something greater and better and more aligned for you, me, yeah. us, right on the other side in the next moment. Um, if yeah. we if we trust that, you know, if we believe it, and it's hard to to stay positive nowadays. It's it, it absolutely can be. It can be. We got to keep reminding each other. Yes, we yeah. got to keep reminding each other. 
keep going, you know, even if we don't mm-hmm. arrive at the ultimate dream, which I'm not saying that you won't, but I'm just saying collectively as we're chasing, going after, you know, moving towards our dreams, it's like, can we stay happy in the journey? Can we, Yeah. would we be happier not going after our dreams? Probably not. Right. Well, we're in it. We're in that kind of culture, though, too. You know, there's there's cultures, there's countries where people don't think that way because it's just not their. It's not their standard thinking. America is a place that's very focused on where you're going and how you're going to get there. Absolutely. You know, like in the center of that. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a culture shock coming to me. You know, coming from the small town, the small redneck native town. You know, in Canada, and found myself down in the center of it all being like wow people are so separated they're so you know they're just living in an illusion it was like all this stuff it was like I don't want this this isn't real this isn't me you know and then what happens when you live somewhere long enough you become it it's like you become part of that culture and now I but I also have changed for the better because I'm not living in the same dysfunction that I was when I was younger and I'm not naive anymore and I'm not you know, judging the world like I used to, and I'm not going, oh, that's a bad place. I don't want to go there. I'm going, wow, I embrace, like, all parts of this world and all the people. And, like, I feel like we're at that time collectively now anyway. Good. Well, we're, well, be, well, we're being shown, right? Like, this is yeah, the time. Just, are. like, stop judging and, and hating and blaming. Just, like, love everybody, accept where they're at, support and encourage each other. Just be who you are and be authentic and live your dreams. Like we only have right now. It's like, do it, you know, what makes you happy. I I hear so much courage in that, Tyler. Like, I just want to say, I hear, you know, there's like so much courage absolutely in pursuing within your heart. And then there's also, I'm hearing you speak about so much courage in embracing humanity. You know, like I don't know that I've ever really heard that before. Like, to, to to choose to not judge and to choose to embrace, to me, that's the ultimate act of the mother, you know? And Isn't I would love it? to talk to yeah. you about mothering, too. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a good transition. And just saying, you know, just to complete that thought that um, it does take courage for a mother to embrace the world, to embrace humanity, to embrace all the crazy that we're we're all choosing to do and in many ways you know harming each other and harming the earth and but we need to be embraced it's so important it's so important for us to feel that experience with the mother and I know that mothering for you has been a huge you know influence in your career as well as in your personal perspective and in the the movement that you're creating and um even in the naming of your daughter one more thing i want to add to that list because i'm like i really want to talk about all of those different subjects with you but i want to add one more thing which is now that i know because i've heard you say here today on the show that um you hearing your mother belting out her voice while vacuuming and you were like do that like i haven't heard that from you before of course and Hmm. um that's been that's been an impact for me in, in losing my mom and seeing the things that she didn't do where I was like, you could do that, mom. Like, you should do that. And hearing other people going, you should do that. And for her, it was comedy. It was stand-up comedy. And so that's a big, that has been a big motivator for me is like, well, she can't do it now because she's in the non-physical realm. So I'm going to pick up and do it. So, you know, I'm wondering if, you know, you seeing your mom also not 
using that voice that she was using during vacuuming, you're like, um, someone's got to do this. You know? mm-hmm. Someone in this family's got to do it. <clears throat> yeah, so, that's you know, kind of how I felt. Is it? Well, yeah, but I also had a bit of a dysfunctional relationship with my mother. So I think a little bit of it came from spite or it came from, well, I'm going to show. It, it is very real that I'm going to okay. show them. I'm going to show them that I can do this because if they, if someone's going to put down your dreams or tell you that what you're wanting is not quite possible or they don't have it within themselves to help support that dream, yeah. what what's a child to do? It's like, for me, I was like, okay, well, if they're not going to help with this, you know, my parents didn't even care if I graduated high school, went to college. It was like, there was no, wow. they, they weren't a huge influence on my life in general. And that way I didn't look up to my mother as somebody that I wanted to you know, the kind of power I wanted to embody. She inspired me to want to do differently. She inspired me to want to be, you know, a stronger woman and use my voice and be in my power and be a better mother and be more present and be sober and be all these things that she, you know, chose not to be, you know, Mm -hmm. and bless her for that. Like, I don't judge her for that anymore, but that was the fuel. It's like the dysfunction and the challenge and that depriving of them not being able to support just because of circumstance. It's like, that's what fueled me to get it done and do it myself. Just like all the people out there that you see who inspire us, right? Like their stories stand out because they either didn't have the means, other people didn't believe in themselves, in them. And then they believed in themselves so much that they did it, you know, and and, and they got there for that reason. You know, we don't praise people who were ushered in by parents' money or by, you know, just by circumstances. Royalty or that. It's like, oh, we praise it, but we don't always respect it it's like it's more respectable to feel like somebody really earned and like worked for what they have and i feel yeah. like i've definitely put in a lot of work um just vocally musically and then as a mother it's like being present for my kids being there like for, you yeah. know for their entire life and and dedicating myself to being present with them and being you know not being yeah. checked out like kind of like my mom was like that, yeah. that took every ounce of strength for me in, in moments, you know, and, and I'm that's so grateful that. for it because that's what's made the journey, the journey it is. <laughs> that's, that's what's up, yo. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. And I just, I feel so inspired by that. And absolutely it's inspiring because it's so easy for all of us to be weighed down by whatever story we've experienced and the ways that, you know, we tell the stories and hold the stories in our hearts as like, Sometimes they're just like bricks on your heart, you know, and you, you, mm-hmm. you, it's like you're saying, what choice do I have? But at the same time, a lot of people in that circumstance would choose to follow in their mother's footsteps or would pick up addiction or would pick, pick up, you know, the, the message of, you're, you know, you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're not worthy and not even try, but it takes a tremendous amount of strength, like you said, courage and like self-discipline from that place of like speaking to yourself kindly and loving yourself enough to say keep going keep going keep going keep going you got this yeah you got that's it yeah that that voice is always present you know it's not always right there in the forefront because sometimes even when the voice is saying keep going um I don't know exactly what that is because I also want to do things differently. I also want to push myself, be more creative, do something that no one's ever done, you know? I feel like the, the, the real geniuses or the real, the people that we remember had that figured out. Where it was like, if yeah. you want to, if you want people to remember you, you want to 
and you want to be known for what you brought to this world. Like you have to do something that no one's ever done before or no one's had the courage or the bravery to step forward and do, you know? And that's so yeah. terrifying. For most of us, that's why most of us don't do it. You know, that's why there's yeah. only those few where we're like, oh, those are the greats, you know, because they use their voice in a way no one else did. Or they They're use so courageous. It just reminds right? me of Maya Angelou. Like she had so much adversity, you know? So And Oprah Winfrey mm-hmm. too, you know? Women mm-hmm. with so much adversity that you're like, you're going to be a statistic, <laughs> you know? Yeah, But exactly. they absolutely were not a statistic, and, and they're a household name and bring warmth to our, our hearts collectively, you know? It's like I mm-hmm. feel comfortable speaking collectively and just saying, like, Oprah Winfrey, Maya Angel bring great comfort and warmth to our hearts and reassurance that... Mm-hmm we're okay, even <laughs> right. not only okay, like we, we're triumphant yeah. and we have great gifts to share, even if your circumstances would say otherwise. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they've been through oh. it, you know, especially w- w- when women share their stories about like some of the things that women have endured, it's like we're all aware by now, you know, and why yeah. this movement is happening, you know, where people are saying, I'm a feminist, I stand up for women, like I want to support women, you know, I, I don't believe in the bashing men movement, but you know, because I don't right. think that's really going to help. Like, men need deep healing just as we do. But, you know, and, and trying to find... I'm going to write a song about it, but I have to. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, anything that's happening like that, it's like, I need to write to that because, even though I might not have, like, a, an opinion about it, but I feel like, you know, making a song about it just always helps. Right. You know, bring yeah, like beauty I mean, and, and, yeah. and ease and, and like, a, a nurturing comfort, you know. That's, mm. that's, that's why I like singing and making people feel good. So, anyway, Beautiful. yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement about that, just about, like, how our stories play into what it is that we're doing and how we impact others, you know. And, and I, I honestly feel like my story is pretty significant just because of how things played out that weren't all in my, you know, that wasn't, I wasn't the driving force, basically, to how things fell into place. Like, yes, I made decisions. Yes, I said, okay, I'll take that ride to that city. And I just, like, made my way eventually to hiking down south in California. But you know what I mean? Like, but I wasn't, I didn't have those goals. It was like, I, I was led or like, guided to a certain place. And then getting pregnant, you know, three weeks after being in Los Angeles, thinking I was, you know, getting into the mindset of maybe I am here to do music. You know, maybe I am here to, like, rock this and, and make my dreams come true and then getting pregnant just weeks after arriving was definitely a curveball and yeah and, sure. and I caught it you know I was like sure why not I'll have a kid at 20 <laughs> years old and just change my life completely and Dang. you know wow. just live in California for the next what is it 13 years now yeah yeah so that's that's kind of how it all started you know it's just saying yes to love, saying yes to this man who was, you know, showing up in my life and my, you know, the guitarist for this band and choosing to get married and all that. It's like, just like, it's just experience, you know? It was just like, oh, I'm just having life experience. I'm just growing up and becoming an adult through these experiences. And music wasn't really happening for me at that time. It took a while for me to really step into my power musically because I was in a relationship like gone touring and I don't feel like there was a place for me um, uh-huh. at that time to be how I am now, you know, that it, it, and I didn't have that place for me, you know, I didn't have the skills I have now. I didn't have, I didn't believe in myself like I do now because, you know, 
because because of no other reasons other than just I wasn't ready. You know, it's like if I had been given an opportunity way back then that I just thought last year, I wouldn't have been ready for. I wouldn't have known what to do with it. Right. But, you know, but it's like we all, we're only delivered the lessons and the messages and the people in our lives and all that, like when we're truly ready and when we're asking for something new and different. Um, and so, so, yeah, music didn't really start happening for me until that time that you probably met me where I was feeling inspired. If I'm singing in a parking lot, I'm inspired. Just that's right. <laughs> if I'm singing out loud, people in front of people, I don't. But that's just me. I just do that anyway because I don't. I don't care. You know, people. It was. It was definitely a moment that I felt inspired. So I would imagine you felt inspired too because I was picking it up and I was just like, "Wow, this woman's voice is really deep and soulful and bright and light and beautiful and." Hmm. Exceptional, really exceptional, and that's just you know always the voice that I've known to come out of you, whether you're singing or speaking. You know, it's just there's something really deep and wise, and yeah, I've always known you to be this real <clears throat> old soul that you just have brought forth so much feminine women's wisdom that has felt like it's come from you know millennia ago that is mm. within you, and um, you know, and I think in you know, you're talking about getting pregnant as a curveball in your early 20s and, like, that that was not what you were expecting. And at the same time, you also did catch that curveball. And, and it's like you caught it, but you also, like, really flowed with it. You know, I feel like you were, like, you were caught by a, a great wave. You know, it's like you surfed it. <laughs> I did. You surfed I did. that curveball. I taught. I taught myself. I learned, you know. I learned a lot. I didn't know how to surf before, but I sure learned. You did. You know? and I, I think that did. that's the journey of motherhood. And I know uh, all well, women all over and all times know this. That, you know, you're taught things it that is. you never would imagine. You would learn about love and bonding and attachment and family and sacrifice and taking care of ourselves and all of that, you know, and being a role model. Because these weren't things I was really thinking about or focused on at 20 years old. I was like, I'm ready to chase my dream now. Like, you know, even only weeks in to Los Angeles, it was like, it's such a goal-oriented place. I was like, sure. I'll take my goal. You know, everybody else is. I might as well go with the, you know, go, go with the flow here. So that's what I did. And then, you know, there was another... God had other plans, so there I had a beautiful angel child, angel Amma, and um, she's still my guardian angel. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so amazing. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and can I ask you, I, I don't think I've ever asked you what, I mean, I, I guess I, I've assumed, that, like, I know the answer because I'm, like, going to ask you a question, and I'm like, I guess I know the answer to that, but I want to ask you in a more formal way, like, what inspired you or what is the reason that you know now, I think you said 13 years later, that you named your daughter Amma? Well, I heard about Amma and uh, when I was in Canada before I left on my travels and uh-huh. someone was speaking about her and I remember looking at a photograph of her um, with all these flowers adorned on her and I was like, wow, what a beautiful image. Like this woman looks like she's really loved and, and praised and whatever she oh, does, wow. I didn't really know the extent of what she offered to the world. Wow. And so I, um, I later, you know, when I got to LA, I met a lot of people who would would, you know, go see Alma, this guru, this hugging point, this, this, you know, this name. And I, uh, and I went and she 
um, she gave me a blessing on my pregnant belly. I was, I forget how many months, but maybe six, seven, six months mm-hmm. pregnant. Wow. And after the blessing, I had so many reoccurring dreams about her. She'd show up in my wow. dream as this young girl. She'd show up in my dream as a teenager, as my lover, as so many different things. And it was like, wow, she had a powerful impression on me. Um, and, and I received that healing so deeply. Where I was like, I want this to go to the baby. Um, and then after Alma was born, we had her, I gave birth in this, um, and it was, it was like previously a Krishna temple back in the, the 80s, I guess. And so it was this pyramid house, you know, the pyramid house that Sanga came in. And I gave birth in the meditation room at the basement of this house. It was a small, tiny room, and we lived in there. So cool. Like, yeah, it's just, it was, it, we didn't have any space. But I, I, we managed to blow up a, a water pool, you know, a key yeah. pool, and put water in it. And I managed to, like, labor in there somehow and gave birth. So I gave birth to her, and then we had an altar up, and there was, there was a photo of Alma on our altar. And for... I guess we didn't name her for about a week after she was born. But during that week, I noticed my little baby, my little newborn baby, would look up at this photo all the time. And I'd be like, hey, turn off the light on the altar. I think she's distracted. But, and then he's like, I think she's looking at the picture of mom. <laughs> so it was kind of like a sweet, like, joke sort of thing where it was like, yeah. she just was so, fo- she just would look up at the altar all the time. And I just would, I put it together and I was like, wow, maybe she's here to like really embody like this, this, you know, divine feminine, like mother, you know, and was like, yeah. I love the name. And he said, I love it too. And I said, but can I name my child after this guru? And he's like, why not? You know, other people are, yeah. <laughs> whatever, people are naming their kids, all sorts of things. So, so we named her Alma and I feel like it was so fitting because the little woman that she is, I would truly feel like she was born you know, to me, come to me to really feel the, you know, the wounding in me that it was with my own mother, you know, and show oh, me gosh. how to really no. nurture and how to love because she's more affectionate and loving, I know, than, than I've ever been in my life. And she offers wow. me that unconditionally all the time. And it's actually been challenging to receive the amount of love she has to offer me because I wasn't given that when I was young, so I didn't know how to receive it, you know? Yeah. How it goes kind of backwards. So we're going backwards. And then I feel like my my youngest daughter is kind of like the grandmother spirit, too. Funny enough. Wow. She just has like this wisdom and it's truly like a a little mini me. Wow. They just show us ourselves over and over again. Show us where we need to grow and how we can love more. It's the simplest thing, you know, yet it's so challenging. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, yeah, that's just one piece of it. But yeah, I'm glad you asked. I love telling that story. Oh my god, I love that story. I love that story. I love that story. And you know, Amma, Amma, as the you know, the, as known as the hugging saint, is my mother at this time now. You know, as I said, my mom has passed, and she's she's also still my mom, of course. But you know, in the physical realm. Amma is my divine mother and it's the divine mother to hundreds of thousands of people all over the world and has had such a profound impact on my life too. And I also dream about her regularly too. She comes to me mm. in my dreams and um, it just always feels so deeply meaningful and important. And I just, I love that you felt the depth, the depth of Amma's presence to name your daughter 
after her and I've always, you know, just kind of had a curiosity, but also had some uh, assumption, you know, so I didn't know the fullness of that beautiful story. And it's just so deeply heartwarming to hear that your Mm. daughter, you know, did and has been and continues to heal the wounding that you've experienced with your mom. It's amazing because I think, you know, again, it's like this transcendence that I, I think, you know, for most people, it's like, we just repeat the same old patterns unconsciously. You know, I think that's generally what happens. And then you see yourself doing that thing that you swore to yourself you would never do. And then you, you know, Mm -hmm. hate yourself and, and then drink and then, and then you'd get drunk, you know? Sure. Yeah. I think that was, that was definitely a pattern in our household. So at some point, that's not going to happen in my life. Like no way. It was so in my face, but there was, it's like, I could have gone either way. You know, I could have continued this generational dysfunction and, um, yeah. family, alcoholism and all this, or I, you know, I, I veered the other way completely. And then I left. It was like, I just, I left and I moved to a, the other side of the world in a different country. Like, sorry, not the other yeah. side of the world, the other side of the, of the country. Okay. <laughs> so do you think for you moving away from Canada and your hometown that it helped you to make an, a fresh start, not just like in an ordinary way, but like in the Absolutely. That's exactly, exactly yeah. that. And that's what I wanted. I, that's what I wanted. I knew I had, was destined for more than what what my hometown and what my family of origin could offer me. And so I yeah. left at about 17 or 18. I just graduated and then I left to like, go to college or, you know, go yeah. travel. And I decided to travel and traveling brought me to Los Angeles. Being in Los Angeles brought me, you know, a, a, a husband and a, and a child. And then from there stemmed music through going, you know, just going through that experience and going through divorce and then you know, and having this young child, it's like, wow, I, I just went through a lot. Like, I gotta write some music. And that's what I'm so, of course, it was the sequence of all of these things fell into place that allowed me to be where I am. Okay. Yeah. And I want. I want to ask you, is it windy where you are? Because every now and then it sounds like it gets, like, choppy or, like, a windy sound. Are you out in yes. nature? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Take care. Take care. <laughs> I'm talking to Mother Nature. I, okay, so let's have a good time for a bit. All right, so we're here talking to Mother Nature. Uh, you're listening to the Hypnotic Comic Live. And uh, this is Jenna Grace speaking. We're speaking with Shyla Ray. Beautiful music, musician, soulful singer, mother... Uh, natural birthing doula. She is midwifing a movement. So we say, so like a great tagline, I think, for Shyla <laughs> is music mothering and midwifing a movement. And of course, she's out in nature, um, as Mother Nature would be communing with the uh, elements, <laughs> the sacred geometric I mean, patterns. It's not that nature. deep. I was just on a hike. But yes. Yeah. I mean, we need our time. <laughs> Come on. Go recharge. Work with me. Work with me here. It's deep, yo. It's I got deep. you. I got you. It is deep. Our connection, you know, and that's where a lot of my songs came through. It was like, oh, nature's so yeah. beautiful and, like, inspiring. You know, a lot of, it makes me sing. When I get out into nature, I just want to sing. I just want to yell. It's like, those, those, how, how rare are those moments where we get to go somewhere completely isolated in, in a beautiful environment? You know, it's mm-hmm. like when we feel so alive, you know, and it's like, I don't care if anybody hears me, but this is my moment where maybe God will hear me. This is a moment right. where I'm going to hear myself more deeply, right. you know, and drown out everybody else's ideas and opinions and all the stuff I've already had to endure this morning. I've already, I, this sounds like I was tortured, but 
just saying, like, there was, I had a difficult conversation this morning. It's like, I need it. You know, there's there's one experience and I'm on to the next. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's every day. And then now I want to go back and I want to write. I'm going to write some music. I'm writing this new, EP, this new album, this new EP. Great. Coming Great. out next you, year. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about it. What is what is the inspiration for this album? Um, I think it's realness. I think it's just authenticity. I feel like I'm writing yeah. from a place that I have been wanting to write and sing from for a while now. Um, where yeah. before I feel like I'm more used to quote unquote channel, you know, songs coming through. Uh-huh. It was like, oh, this is the quality and this is the the sound that I have that wants to come through me. And now I'm like, I'm pretty clear that uh, of this kind of music that I want to create and how I want people to yeah. feel and hearing it. And so I'm learning a lot about music and what goes into creating a different sound and, and learning about engineering and production and things that I haven't, that I didn't learn before, you know, where uh-huh. I had people doing all that for me and it wasn't part of the process for every project. And now I want to be fully involved and I want to create as much of my new sound all on my own as I can. You know? Beautiful. So, it's uh, a different content. Okay. Before I used to, you know, I sing more about the earth and consciousness and healing and da da da. And now I'm more like, okay, I feel like I'm ready to sing about like some really difficult shit that I've been through. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I'm ready to like reflect on a couple of those relationships mm. where I did some really, you know, stupid things and mm. and talk about how difficult it's been being a woman and a mother and was being a wife and a partner and a lover and a artist and a, you know and yeah you know all of these things that that we have yeah. the ability to be and I love reflecting yeah. on that because again like I'm ready to tell more of my story I guess and right. telling people that they can be the change they want to see in the world it's like clearly yeah. we already know that so that's, that's what it is, just telling a little bit more about me. Beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, yeah. you know, we're talking about the voice of the women who have had, it, you know, had some really difficult challenges. I think those are some of the greatest songs, too, are the women, mm. you know, singing about really difficult things. Like, I have so much respect for Pink, and I sometimes think about her in reflection with you, just like that courageous, soulful, self-knowing vulnerable and and yet so strong you know of a woman where she lets us in she totally lets us in you know like yeah i'm not pretending to be just glamorized from the outside and you know yeah there's a lot of hollywood her india re alicia keys you know i love it the layering where women start to kind of reveal more layers you know, yes. because, because Hollywood or mainstream, you know, yes. um, wants wants to soften that a little bit, wants to cover it up a little bit, doesn't want to make that the forefront unless, you know, think herself, though, is like more of the rebel, you know, I see her as being like, oh, the badass, and that's kind of how they brand her, that's kind of how they market artists like that, you know, okay. but I, I feel like I'm in a completely yeah. different category, um, but yeah, I'd love to write more about my journey as a mother and yeah, yeah, all and, of and how difficult it's been, and then how beautiful it's been. That's, that's yeah, it. right. Yes, trying to use more metaphors. Also, <laughs> I haven't Please. been big on metaphors over the years. I'm not much of a like a poet in that regard. Like, I don't. Okay. I'm pretty just direct. You probably know me by you now. Are. Like, 
yeah. pretty straightforward and I don't really, yeah, I'm kind of an open book. I can talk about anything and I express myself fully straight, in every moment. Straight to it. You just go straight to yep. it. You know, one of my, one of my favorite yep. memories with you, I hope that you'll remember this is one of those ones where like, my soul is stirred <laughs> again by, by your singing voice. It was, I want to say after, it must have been after an ecstatic dance um, in, in Venice in that, uh, that open church that they were using for ecstatic dance for a period of time. I don't uh-huh. know that they're still doing it. And there was a big piano, uh-huh. a big grand piano in there, I believe. And you played this song that uh, I remember as the blood song, or I don't know if mm-hmm. that's what you call it, but it's the mm-hmm. song about being a woman and menstruating and how our blood is a gift that we can give back to the earth. Mm-hmm. And it was so profound to me, and it was really just, I, I don't want to use cliches here because I want to be specific and vulnerable and share, you know, the truth of my feeling about it, which was like my, it was like my brain melted. It was like it remelted my brain. It didn't blow my brain. It didn't blow my brain. It like melted my brain into my heart. That's how it felt. <laughs> yeah. And did like, it bring you, did it, I'm just curious, you know, people can perceive music and art however they they wish it's like that's why it's there you're you know you're the audience you get to receive it in any way was it comforting to you to know that there was a song written about menstruation or was it a bit uncomfortable at first where it was like wow is she really thinking about that because some people have that experience where it's like wow did she really just say that did that person just write like really write about that it's such an intimate taboo you know, it was whatever. It was, it was not. It was not uncomfortable for for me at all. Um, and well, I can yeah, imagine I mean, that. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was not uncomfortable for me at all. It was. It was comforting, and it was a whole other level of comforting. And that's. Yeah. I think that's like what I want to tell you over and over again. How I feel about your singing voice, or like when I hear you sing or speak, it's like. It's like if I could really go into my own body and be like, okay, if I could describe what that felt hmm. like and what I know that, you know, your music elicits within me is like, it's like my brain melts into my heart and my heart melts <laughs> into my womb. And it's just wow. like my, my womb gets flooded with this loving, deeply present grounding not only is everything okay and as it should be, but it's beautiful and it's important and it's valuable and it's good wow, that's really and it's powerful. Natural. That's really powerful. Oh, that's dude, such a, no. That's such a, that's like, not even a compliment. Words. That's just like that truth is, you know, that's your truth and that's your experience and it's so beautiful. And when I hear things like that, I can relate because I probably have artists that I feel the same about. You know, but yeah. it's so wonderful to always hear how people perceive me and my music and what I'm here to do and embody, you know, because Good. there's moments where I don't feel that, where I'm like, am I really making an impact? Am I really matter? making yeah. a difference in people's lives the way I hope to, you know, because oh I'm God. writing my music because it makes me feel good. But I am writing music and singing because I know it makes other people feel good. And I want to keep making people feel good. And I want to inspire people to use their voices. And I want to help provoke someone's singing voice to enliven and and wake up and, you know, and start using it effectively. 
you know, yes. or not effectively. Just use it. Use your voice. Practice like speaking. You know, not saying just like always speak your mind, say whatever the hell is it. You know, but just like yes. just be authentic when you're yourself and you're unapologetic about it, and you know your truth. You know, it's powerful, and those are the people that inspire us. So it's such yes. an honor to hear if somebody is if that is their experience of me. You know, because I don't oh, always feel. I said, yeah, I don't always feel like I deserve that recognition. No. I feel like I, I really earned it or something, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. I really do understand that, you know? I get that mm-hmm. feeling as an artist, but I think that that's just the, it's like the artist, you know, the the suffering of the artist is like, how do you know? You can't, like, you can't know all the time because you also have yeah. a mind in that vessel that's receiving this music and that's, generating the music that's like the the critical judgmental mind that's like you kidding yourself here kid like nobody's going to want to listen to this and we have the full range of complete negative criticism going on in our minds and it's hard to decipher what am I supposed to be listening to how do we discern it and how do we discern it discern it as artists how do we discern it as women how do we discern it as human beings like what what the heck are we supposed to be listening to (laughs) and then the the mass media would also like you know encourage you to think that there's very small boxes for what's acceptable there's this very specific way that your eyes and your nose and your hair and your boobs and your waist and your toes are supposed to look and the way your voice is supposed to sound and the way you're supposed to speak and what foods you're supposed to be eating or not supposed to be eating there's so many like small boxes that's like yeah. I just want to be me, and I don't think I fit into any of those little freaking boxes. And what am I supposed we to do with all this? We How do don't. We love ourselves so, through that, right? Some people, oh, I think, no. are happy and comfortable there, but I've never been one to <laughs> want to conform <laughs> right. or be like I was. I was like the black black sheep of my family, you know. So oh, wow. I found my way to where I was like, oh, these are people that I can that speak my language, you know. And I'm not just saying Los Angeles is a place, but but it's more like. Oh, there's a certain consciousness that we find, you know, on the West Coast of both Canada and the United States that may not be as awakened on the East Coast and no judgment or no uh-huh. discriminating. Try to, I'm just saying in my perspective at the time, 13 years ago, when I was choosing to leave Canada and that it's like there was there was progressive thinking that was happening in South California that was not happening in central Ontario where I was raised. So. Yeah, you know, yeah. that for me was like, oh, my calling is being met right now. Like, I'm surrounding myself with the people that speak the same language and that, like, really get me. You know, my family didn't get me, and that's why I had to leave. It's like not everybody mm-hmm. feels like it's okay to leave, but there was nothing for me there. It's like my parents weren't supporting my life like right. some people have in their life, you know, in their lives. Like, I'm supporting right. myself since I was 17 and and raising two kids, you know, it's it's. I've had a lot of experience and trials and um, and challenges along the way that helped me you know, step a little bit and a little bit and a little bit more into who I am and, and the direction I want to go. And I never think that I have it all figured out. Like, if anybody does, yeah, I want to call them out, you know? <laughs> Nobody has to figure it out. And that's what I just love about this life. We're all literally just walking around figuring out life that's all we're doing you know and we want to make this we want to make that so I have my days where I like to look at my life from the the the, the macrocosm place of like wow I'm just this little tiny speck of energy and it doesn't really matter what I do with my life or where I end up as long as I'm happy in this moment it's okay 
you know? Good, and, if, good. and if we could think that way all the time, we would be much happier. But, you know, it's really hard to stay there. It I is. Get, it's definitely a challenge. Get, I mean, I think it's important to recognize that, like, it's great to seek happiness, but at the same time, it can be um, a coming and going. You know, it can, I, I yeah. think life is, is, like, for me, happiness includes recognizing the undulations, the fluctuations of life and embracing that, that you're not either happy or bipolar, that we're actually all, you know, feeling the full range of the human experience, especially as women, especially as sensitive feeling women. That's like, we're supposed to have times when we feel sorrowful, when we feel grief, when we feel remorse, you know, to be reflective Mm -hmm. on decisions we've made or, you know, the loss of a loved one or whatever it might be that's like, it's, it's natural to grieve when there's loss, you know, it's natural to feel down when you feel disappointed and then that's okay. You know, to me, that's part of my experience as we talked about Amma and like the great mother, the great divine mothers, don't we really want to be embraced, whether it be by um, the idea of a mother, a physical mother, or like the mother within ourselves, whether we're men or women, have that mothering, gentle, compassionate, embracing presence that's like, it's okay, my child, that you feel, you don't feel happy right now. It's okay that you're feeling sad or you're just feeling discouraged or yeah. doubtful. It's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Knowing that it'll pass. Keeping in mind that. Knowing it that will it will pass. pass. And it, that's sometimes the most difficult thing in these lessons, you know, with our disappointment. You know, especially, I don't, I don't take rejection well. Personally, uh-huh. I have a hard time, you know, some, you know, yeah, there's been moments know. where I'm like, wow, they, oh, they yeah. don't like my music or my voice. Hmm. Okay. You know, it's always a, you know, cause after you've been told something so many times, you just assume that that's everyone's experience. Like, Oh, oh God. who wouldn't appreciate, yeah. who wouldn't appreciate my singing voice? Like, it's not terrible. I don't know why someone wouldn't like it, but you know what I mean? Like there's, there's I people do. who, yeah, so I've had a hard time with rejection, you know, where you know, I've applied first, submitted for something, or, you know, gone out of my way to make something happen. It's like, oh, no thanks, and then, I, you know, and I get down, but then what happens? Like, I don't stay there. What is that rejection is, like, God's protection being like, you know what? Like, this wasn't the right thing for you, but we got something else for you that's even better. Okay, mm-hmm. and whether that you believe in angels or you believe in whatever, it's like, there's, there's, always something in the mix like in the queue like waiting to happen and we get out of our own way and like stop feeling sorry for ourselves because so and so didn't like the pitching of my idea of my this or that it's like rejection is that that's how all the again how those greats got remembered it's like those those people who spoke up and who never gave up and and always followed their intuition or always followed their dreams how many times have they been rejected hated, threatened, you know, all those things. And that's a huge Correct. role. I'm not saying that that's my path, but on like a small level, sometimes I feel that way where I'm like, oh, I've been rejected, but life goes on and I'm going to try you, again. Yeah, you need to, you need to develop that, that like rebound, you know, or something, either have like a thick skin. I don't know that I'm a big believer in thick skin, but maybe that's a good answer too. You know, maybe I need to develop more of a thick skin because I get yeah. really affected by It's not a skin. It's not a physical thing. Right. It's not a material, physical thing. It's, it's, Correct. You know, yeah. it's usually having to do with like being a child and how we were spoken to or how we were treated or what experiences happened that took us down and how we moved out of it. 
Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't stay down very long. I just feel like and music and singing, because it's my passion and part of my purpose, I feel like it's always there for me when I need it in those moments where I'm like, fuck, I'm really down right now. It just sucks. I'm really hard on myself. Someone's hating on me. Ugh, I'm not getting it. Yeah. I don't have as many followers as I want. You know, just all this petty stuff. And yet I know that, jo- you know, my joy and my the singing is right there for me when I need it. Music's always waiting. Like, here, I'm just here waiting for you to apply yourself and write something dope so that you can express <laughs> in this way. Because people... Yeah. You know, people will hear me. They'll hear my message if I put it in song. Because we can talk and talk and talk and talk about it. But, you know, it's yeah. one thing to also be able to express it in song and feel That's heard right. on another level. So. That's right. So, yeah. 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 Michael Beckwith says a, a, a song is a prayer twice sung. At least I've heard him say that. I don't know if he's the originator of that quote. But it's like the idea that it's like you can talk about something, but when you sing it, it affects you not like you hear it not only in your mind, but you hear it through your emotions. You hear it through your your presence, through your skin, through your energy field. You know, through mm-hmm. your nervous system, through your limbic system. You know, you hear yeah. it in a broader way, even if you're not totally conscious. So it's kind of you know like in a hip, it, it is in many ways a hypnotic experience where it's like it captivates your awareness on a subconscious as well as conscious level. So it is super influential. And then there's yeah. probably something very spiritual to say about that too, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. we have just a, a few minutes. We have just a few minutes left. If I could just kind of wrap up with you here, just wanting to open up, you know, if there's anything that, you know, we we didn't really get to this that much, but the, the concept of you midwifing a movement, I would love to hear about what, what that means for you. What does that midwifing a movement mean to you? Well, um, being a midwife uh, is an exceptional role. It's like it's a really important role, you know, and I'm talking like literal terms like a midwife at a woman's birth. When she's giving birth, we have someone there who's, you know, helping support and guide and remind you that everything's going to be okay and, you know, and just give you that gentle, loving embrace and I feel like I have the ability to do that um not as a midwife but you know just supporting women in birth and 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 giving people a certain experience through my music and I feel like that's powerful enough because a midwife also kind of ushers in this new life right it's like right it's like a new life every time you know whatever the experience was she shows up when it's when it's time to when it's time to birth, you know, and, and I feel like I, I have the ability to do that where I'm able to, I really love showing up for women, especially and people. And, and, um, and I feel like music is such a powerful tool for, um, reaching the masses for reaching us individually, personally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, music is life, you know, music is like that universal language and that's the language I think I speak best sometimes. And so, that's, I just think that's a great tagline to describe, like, how whatever I'm creating is, like, it, it is on the brink of, like, birthing itself, you know? And there is this movement happening where people are waking up to this, you know, this cultural, um, you know, place where we are now where it's like, okay, it's okay to use our platform and, like, speak and create and, and come together and, and do good things. So that's that's my goal right now, just, like, as 
as an activist or as, you know, um, as a doula, as a musician. It's like, I just want to keep showing up and applying myself to what I feel is ultimately going to help support our culture and, and help bring it back to balance. And whatever that is, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm here and I'm willing to take it on. You know, so... And, and um, you are... Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, you know, that curve ball, baby. Yeah, and I'm still I'm still a doula, and I'm still gonna write songs, and I'm gonna keep playing shows. I have a few coming up in uh, in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, tell us about your shows coming. Come up. catch me. I have um, there's I have about three in LA in the next month, and it the Mayan Heart Festival is on November 9th, and that is in Century City in LA. I don't know what else okay. we call that area, but it's November 9th, and just. Um, there's a whole lineup of beautiful artists playing that night, and there's another event called the One Festival that's happening in Topanga. I don't know if you've heard of that, but Ooh, that is happening no. um, November 11th. That's 11-11 uh, happening yeah. then. And then we have the Hollywood Music and Media Awards coming up. I'm not performing there, but um, uh-huh. uh, I had mentioned that I my song was nominated for an award for these awards, so that's in November. A few different that's things right. coming up that are, you know, very exciting, and you know, and then just gonna keep writing this new album and get that out to you as soon as I can. Good. Well, beautiful. Well, you, <laughs> you're continuing to inspire all of us. And how can we best keep in touch with you? I know that you have your website, ShilaRaySunshine.com. Um, yeah. What's the best way to follow you or stay in touch with you and see what you're up to next? Uh, I think Instagram is definitely the best place to find me. So that's at Shyla Ray, S-H-Y-L-A-H-R-A-Y, just one word. And uh-huh. there you can catch all of my, you know, I post all my shows, all the different things that I'm doing. Oh, and I am doing the Rita Franklin tribute next weekend. That's in Ohio. And that's going oh, on. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, that's stay gorgeous. tuned for that footage. That's going to be, that's, it's such an honor. Yeah, that so, is quite an honor. She's a legend. Yeah, it's a, lo- it's a lot of rehearsals here, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, my God. Those are some notes that uh, certainly most of us cannot cannot read. So Yeah, including me. No, no. wish me luck. <laughs> wish me luck. Thank you so much, Shyla, for for joining us. It's been such a deep, soulful, and joyful treat to talk with you. Um, we've been talking hmm. to Shyla Ray, um, mother, soulful musician, and uh, birthing doula. Um, you can find her at com. And you are currently, if you're listening right now, this Monday afternoon, you're listening to BBS Radio Live. You can also find us on iHeartRadio, um, and this will be re-posted uh, on iTunes as a podcast. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's been such a joy to co-create with you all. And thank you again, Shyla Ray. Thank, thank you, you for to, having me. Yeah, such a joy. And thank you to Doug, our producer, who's awesome. And thank you. Um, let's also make sure to give a great shout-out to Namid Wolf, who created the music in the beginning intro that uh, that you heard there, beautiful soundscape. That's my um, girl, yeah. Yay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. She's so cool. So super cool. She's a sister. But thank you all so much. And we will look forward to talking to you again next week at noon live on BBS Radio. And much love, everybody. And uh, thanks so much.